This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to the first Wednesday of 2022. And the first day so far this week that I've been able to drive to work with not um, having white knuckles on my uh, steering yeah, wheel. Yeah, it's, uh, it's above freezing today, and it's been raining instead of snowing. I do prefer rain to snow because you don't have to scrape rain. I, I prefer dry weather, except for the fact that we well, probably I was really, just really need the I was just the comparing rain, right rain and snow. Uh, sunshine, yes, is, is <laughs> what I prefer. We, about, uh, about 74 degrees and, uh, and uh, cloudless. Uh, that would be great. I could head out and do some play some golf for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the weather today, uh, we're going to be above freezing all day, forty near 40 for our high, as you heard there in the uh, weather forecast. The good news is we do have, it looks like, sunshine coming up this coming uh, weekend. So finally, for the first time in a little while, we'll be able to see some sunshine and maybe some of those roadways that have been closed through mm-hmm. Idaho and eastern Oregon. Will Good day, sunshine. <laughs> finally, uh, get uh, back to being open once again. First world problems. Uh, I have a, a a koi pond and waterfall. Oh, you 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 still have one of those? Uh, I, yeah, I still had. I, in, I just, in in Nampa? Yeah. Okay, because you had one in Eagle. Had one in Eagle. Absolutely. Just absolutely loved it. So we have one. This is kind of when you come to our house, you see this before you see anything. It's not in our backyard anymore. Um, my my problem is that because of how cold it has been, it's been hard to fill up the uh, pond uh, and, and keep it running at full capacity which as long as it's running at full capacity, it won't freeze over. Uh-huh. No matter how cold it is, the water is continually running. Unfortunately, right. as more and more of the ice freezes <laughs> when it's cold weather, uh, when it freezes, it doesn't, it doesn't run anymore. And mm-hmm. so I've had a, a little bit of a problem trying to keep that sucker going. But that's a first world problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, uh, let's see, I haven't any limousine problems or anything like that. No, uh, well, you, had, you had to drive into work this morning. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a limousine. <laughs> well, that's that's your guys' problem. It, it was a Toyota Sienna, though. Close. And, and, and we like that. Um, we are uh, looking at Dow futures down just a little bit this morning uh, after the Dow, Standard & Poor, both up, setting brand new record highs yesterday, um, starting off the year uh, really, really good for 2022 as far as the stock market goes. Um, we'll uh, get a check and keep you updated as we get closer to the opening. Jeremiah Bates, of course, will be with you uh, here in just a uh, little over an hour uh, to talk about your money. Also, just a reminder, coming up here on Friday, Jeremiah is going to be in the studio with us. He's going to come in uh, oh, for a little fun. extra time uh, and talk to us about what you should be doing as we get underway in 2022 as far as your finances. Will it be called money and why you don't have it? Uh, That possibly could be. And money, and if you listen to me now, why you could have it by the end of 2022. Yeah, emphasis on could. Yeah. Um, Also, he'll talk about uh, taxes, which, of course, you know, we're only a little over three months Mm -hmm. away from having to file those puppies again this year. The eyes of taxes are upon you. Why why does it seem like, um, you know, good things like Christmas take a really long time before we get to Christmas again. However, it seems like it's a very short time before (laughs) we file our taxes every year. I mean, uh, I know you actually at least 50% look forward to tax day every year. 
What's that? I said at, at least 50% of you, at least half of you, looks forward to tax day every year. Oh, okay. Because, I, I, I thought you meant half of me, and it's well, like no, there's no part because, of me that looks forward to tax day every but year. But it, it's not just tax day. It's also your birthday. Yeah, that that's part of the reason why I don't look forward to tax day every year. Oh, you, you don't like, um, you don't no, like turning my, a year older all the time? Well, I, I don't necessarily care. It's just now at, at my age... You know, now that I have to file taxes every year, that that's the, you know, it's not that filing my tax return every year is a big deal. It's paying the taxes with mm-hmm. my tax return that's kind of sucks for a birthday. Yeah. Speaking of birthday, um, I want to wish my wife a happy birthday today. Today is her birthday. And any of you listening who know my wife, Tracy, she hates being told happy birthday on her birthday. So if you could do me a small favor and wait, uh, everybody wait, wait till tomorrow. wish her a happy birthday today. <laughs> Whether, whether in other words, annoy her. her. Yeah, whether you text okay. her, whether you see her around town, um, just wish her a happy birthday. She hates that, and I love it. So wish her a happy birthday today. And uh, uh, Tracy, she might be up listening, getting ready for work right now. If you are, happy birthday I, to you. I just think it's amazing that, that she's already 39. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it crazy? Who knew? Yes, I married much younger. Mary, I married up. Outside my punt coverage. <laughs> all guys do that. <laughs> and I, well, maybe not all guys. No, all guys marry up. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did. What was it? Sophia Loren was famous for saying that. She said, I married beneath me, but all women do. <laughs> um, top states. We talked yesterday a little bit uh, about Idaho, again, percentage-wise, saw the biggest increase. Now, not total number, but percentage-wise saw the biggest increase in population last year mm-hmm. for the fifth straight year in a row. Um, and every year they come out with these these lists. And here are just a little bit more of this. And this is this is different. This is comes from a moving company. Um, and they are able to look at every place that people hired this moving company to move in of into and out of. Mm-hmm. So this is an annual study. Was, looks at all 50 states. was probably United Van Lines. Um, I believe it was. Okay. Um, eight of the top 10 states that Americans move to have lower than average population density. So what this means is um, people are leaving the urban areas for the rural areas. So they're going from crowded to uncrowded. Yeah. Okay. Topping the list is Vermont. Just over 70% of interstate moves were inbound, 26% moving out of Vermont. Rest of the top 10, South Dakota, South Carolina, West Virginia, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Oregon, then Idaho, and Rhode Island. The most popular state to move out of was New Jersey for the fourth year in a row. Only (laughs) 30% of interstate moves were inbound. 70% moved out. Wow of New Jersey. And the top states that we moved away from last year were New Jersey, Illinois, New York, Connecticut, California, Michigan, Massachusetts, Louisiana, Ohio, and Nebraska. Uh, With the exception maybe of Nebraska, all of them pretty crowded. Yeah. Uh, 32% of the people who moved in 2021 said it was to be closer to family. Only 33% moved for a new job, which is way down, by the way, if you go back to 2015, 60% cited the reason that they moved. Uh-huh. 60% was for a new job. Only 33% said that last year. And a lot of people um, think it's because people are now working from home. Did anybody uh, say assuming a new identity? No. Oh. Because that would be why I would move. 
assume a new identity? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I would only move right. if I had. I've you lived got, in you got I've lived in Idaho world. for 56 years. So I was going to say, at you this, haven't at lived this point, anywhere else, right? At th- no, I haven't. At this point, if I leave, it'll be, you know, because of some terrible reason. See, I've lived most of my life in Idaho, born in Moscow, raised here in Idaho, but mm-hmm. I have lived in Oregon, Washington, California. Is that it? Yeah. In Oregon, I only lived there for like a literally two months. And yet you're not a communist, right? Nope. Okay. I haven't checked my wallet for a long time, but <laughs> I, I don't have. I don't think I have that card anymore. KBY News Time is 6.15. Uh, once again, time for a check on what's going on sports-wise for you. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, one of their most popular soups, and it is soup season, another soup day today. You want to get in for a great soup today, jalapeno, bacon, potato, cheddar. And once again, I would just... Tell you um, one of my favorite soups, and you can ask instead of crackers, have them chop up some bacon for you. They'll do that for you and put it on top of your soup at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli in Meridian. That is such a great idea. Bowl season. It is the uh, most wonderful time of the year if you're a football fan. And after an amended postseason in 2020, college football came back with a full slate of games across three weeks that had a little something for everybody. Of course, some of them were canceled. The... uh, Action is quickly coming to a close. The college football national championship between uh, number one Alabama and number three Georgia from the same conference is coming up uh, this Monday. Before we crown a new national champion, there was some more uh, bowl game to enjoy last night. And uh, enjoy is a very loose term. Well, yeah, I mean they were two mediocre teams uh, you know good programs but mediocre teams one team had what 29 players who were not playing and, uh, and a quarterback well, who had never played quarterback in college it was lsu against kansas state in the texas bowl uh, lsu entered the game with just 38 scholarship players and it kind of showed uh kansas state uh, cruised to a 42 to 20 win behind 146 rushing yards and four total touchdowns from star running back deuce vaughn and there you have it. There's there. just one college football game left. Yep, that's it. National championship game will be played on Monday night. I, I predict an SEC win. Oh, yeah. Alabama taking on Georgia. really going out on a limb. <laughs> okay, g- give me a prediction, Alabama or Georgia. Uh, I'm going to say Georgia. Okay, then I'll go Alabama. All right. You don't have to just be different just to be different. I was going to pick them anyway. Oh, were you? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, Alabama has one loss this season to Georgia. And Georgia has one loss this season to Alabama. Okay, so this so this will break the tie. Yeah, KBOI News Time six seventeen. Download the six seventy KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI six twenty two two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound 670 on your Verizon wireless uh, quick update on uh, COVID here. Uh, we haven't given a local update in, in, a, in a little while. Uh, Idaho positivity rate came out yesterday. Um, 8.4%. Uh, total cases since the pandemic began, 322,524. This is for Idaho specifically alone. COVID-related uh, deaths have now reached 4,100. 88 for a case fatality rate now of 1.3%. As of yesterday's report from the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, there were 1,722 new cases reported yesterday, 19 new deaths. Now, the total reported 
um, reflects all cases um, on Monday This for the Monday report since December 30th. So yesterday, we always look at Tuesdays because that's, you know, not counting holidays. It's basically a three-day total. Yeah. Um, so Tuesday, yesterday is just for Tuesday, 1,722 I mean, new I cases. Mean, I mean, Monday is usually a three-day yeah. total. Uh, vaccination stats for Idaho. Um, Idaho has admitted, administered 2,159,716 vaccine doses. 894,076 Idahoans have been fully vaccinated. We told you yesterday about the population increase. Idaho now has 1.9 million. So that's, uh, that's uh, all told been fewer than half of uh, Idahoans yes. have been vaccinated. Now, granted, there are certain children, uh, children can't be vaccinated right. as of uh, yet. They can but be counted, though, in the census. Out of the number of people that are allowed to be vaccinated, about 52.2% of Idahoans five and older are fully vaccinated. 328,000 Idahoans have received a booster dose as of so far. You want to see, I told you the uh, our rate right now of infection positivity rate, 8.4%. Mm-hmm. Tennessee has one of the biggest surge. Take a guess on what their test positivity rate is in Tennessee right now. Uh, nine? 34%. Okay, I was, I was way off. <laughs> 34%. One in every three wow. people who live in Tennessee are currently testing positive mm-hmm. for coronavirus. One De- in three Debbie's, people. Debbie's sister and uh, family all live in Tennessee. And have you checked in with them? Have they... They, more than likely, at least one yeah. of them have tested positive for coronavirus. I was just thinking this I should week. say, well, they haven't been answering their phones for some reason. Have, no, they, uh, uh, they're fine at the moment. If if you're wondering how this compares, I mean, we're we're a year, you know, away when everyone's like, oh my God, COVID is so bad, and and Joe Biden said as president he was going to get it under control this year. COVID cases, January third of 2021. There were 201,780 cases Mm -hmm. on January 3rd, one year ago. On January 3rd of 2022, there were 1,017,376 cases. So increase, fourfold increase uh, Mm -hmm. from a year ago. Uh, The good news, there is a little good news out of this. Deaths in 2021 on January 3rd, uh, 1,351. On January 3rd of this year, 2022, 1,643. So even though that's an increase, it's not at least a four-fold increase. Yeah, it's about a 20% maybe. Like, like it was a year ago. Increase. And, I mean, 25%, I guess, I guess. One of the things you can either look at and believe or not, and I know there are people who won't believe it, but in January of last year, we had just begun getting people vaccinated. I think it was, what, vaccinations began for most of mm-hmm. the country like three weeks before that. Right. Now we've had a full year of people being able to get vaccinated. So you can look at those numbers, and I, I don't want to say for a fact that the reason the death numbers are down, but, you know, you look at the numbers and you kind of, you know, add two plus two, and, you know, you've got four times more cases going on right now. And I know Omicron supposedly, as of right now, looking like it's not uh, as deadly or making people as mm-hmm. sick, and we see the increase in Omicron. But um, you, you mentioned you mentioned the president saying that uh, that he uh, had planned to have it under control. I guess by the end of last year, twenty twenty one, right, or this year? This yeah, last year. Okay. Anyway, uh, but I think I think his assumption at the time, you know, because it, the vaccines were just becoming available. I think his assumption was that like 
darn near everybody would get vaccinated. Well, and I, and his I, assumption I, may have also been that think, if you get vaccinated, was, you wouldn't get COVID. And now we're seeing that that's not true. True. <laughs> um, people are still getting COVID. They're still being able to pass it on yeah. and whatnot. So I think... But it's, you know, the, it's the death thing, I think, that uh, he wanted to have under control. Yeah. So fewer deaths. There are, and, and there are, unfortunately, not fewer deaths as of right now. Right. Um, you know, as of January 3rd, as I mentioned, we have about just under 300 more deaths uh, on that date than we did a year ago. KBOI News Time, 627. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com or Mike at KBOI.com. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Six forty-one. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Uh, you can be a part of the show if you'd like. 208-336-3700. Pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. You might want to lock in those on your speed dial. Also, those numbers. We have a chance for you to get another pair of tickets for a huge game coming up Friday night. Mm-hmm. So far, no word. It has not been uh, postponed due to COVID. Um, and uh, our opponent is Colorado State. They're ranked number twenty in the nation, and they played last night. So apparently they're healthy enough to play. They beat Air Force last night. I just so. hope Boise State's going to be healthy enough to play. See, that means that uh, Air Force will be coming in on a 12-game win streak, 12-0 and this year. Boise State, seven-game win Colorado streak. State. Or Colorado yeah. State, sorry. Um, and uh, one of those streaks is going to end. Mm-hmm. Boise uh, State has not lost since the end of November. That's cool. cool. Pretty good Well, I mean, they, they, have a, they have a streak of wins and cancellations. Yeah. Um, we'll have a chance for you to win those tickets coming up for Friday night at Extra Mile Arena. Just stick around sometime before 10 o'clock. That'll be coming up. I had a story um, that I think kind of shows why humanity might be going to hell in a handbasket. Another one? Not due to COVID, not due to politics. And that's kind of the way the, the, the regular news is every day. Mm-hmm. It, it's stories like this one. Okay. A woman by the name of Stephanie Maddow. Um, she's probably best known if you know the uh, show 90 Day Finance franchise um she had a side gig where she was selling her farts in a jar she was selling them for 100 dollars a pop or a toot or a jar now that story in itself just saying that is, mm-hmm. is dumb enough right uh yeah plenty you want to take a guess on how much money she uh, earned oh a lot i guess over one hundred thousand dollars selling her farts in a jar I was about to say, I'm in the wrong business, but no, I, I, I still don't think, even though there's good money in it, I would want to do that for a living. I'm, I'm not, not sure if people would be willing to pay for your, your and my parts in a jar. It, I mean, I'm not saying a lot of my days wouldn't be productive. By the way, uh, there is an update on this story. Uh, the money she has made so far is going to be it. Oh, she's not going to do it anymore. Well, she can't. She was hospitalized uh, earlier this week due to excessive gas. She says, quote, um, I am retiring from the business. I think my family is relieved about my retire- retirement. Relieved. And honestly, so is my colon. <laughs> so, okay, uh, she so, there, specifically, so, there was, so there was stress She would specifically job? eat foods that would, like, you know, chili, beans, things like that that would cause you, more you, gas. You know that uh, what, what, what she was selling, those are, are basically... Uh, Invisible, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, so and really, here's the she, other thing. really, she could have just, you know, 
closed up a jar and sent it to somebody and not even you know bothered. Well, except somebody might have opened up that jar and go, wait, this doesn't smell like anything. But here's because well, you let it out. Here's here's the deal. There's no way of knowing if it was actually her or not. Mm-hmm. You know that actually did the deed, but. She is now officially retired because she had to go to the emergency well, room you know, because of if, excessive gas. If you don't smell anything, she could be just a person who really thinks highly of herself. Now, the good news here, um, just to balance out that horrible, horrible story in humanity, mm-hmm. um, the CEO of Spanx sold the uh, shapewear brand last month. I don't know if you heard about this, for $1.2 billion. I think I would have done that, too. Um, she celebrated by giving each of her employees... Two first-class tickets to any destination in the world, along with $10,000 in spending money. Here is the moment that Spanx founder and CEO Sarah Blakely announced the gift to her employees. Take a listen. To celebrate this moment, I have bought each one of you two first-class tickets to anywhere in the world. You know, if you go on a trip, you might have to, like, you might want to go out to a really nice dinner, you might want to go out to a really nice hotel, and so, with everybody's two first-class tickets to anywhere in the world, you are each getting $10,000. I think I would be rather happy about that, too. uh, The $10,000 got about twice the cheers. Yeah, I, I, I mean... $10,000. $10,000. Well, I mean, you, darn when, when, when you tell me I can go anywhere in the world, I think to myself, okay, I'll have to go someplace I can afford. Yeah, exactly. And then you say $10,000, and I say, no, I guess I won't. Time for a check on what's going on in sports. Once again, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. You can check out their menu, fatguysfreshdeli.com, then get in for lunch, see what everybody's talking about. Open up 10.30 every day, Monday through Saturday, for lunch and dinner, Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Don't expect Kellen Moore to have any time to go out for lunch or basically do anything else this week. The NFL has flexed the Dallas Cowboys regular season finale at Philadelphia from Sunday afternoon to Saturday night. And sometime between now and then, the Cowboys offensive coordinator is officially expected to interview via Zoom for the vacant Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching job. Oh, wow. Kellen's one of three known candidates for that job at this point. Moore also interviewed last January for the Philadelphia job that eventually went to Nick Sirianni, not to forget that Kellen was a rather hot commodity one year ago. You might remember that Boise State was knocking on his door also. And that's when Cowboys owner Jerry Jones convinced him that his future was in NFL and his immediate future was with the Dallas Cowboys. And while we're on the subject of Kellen Moore, a stats check right now to figure out why he might be such a hot commodity. Cowboys are leading the NFL in scoring this season, 30.5 points per game, and they are second behind Tampa Bay in total offense at 402.8 yards wow. per game. So, so that, I guess that just proves he's done a good job. The other thing I guess we'll get to see is Jerry Jones is known. If he likes his coaches, he will back up the money truck mm-hmm. to keep them there, even if it's not a head coaching position. Trusty the clown. They drove a dump truck of money <laughs> up to my house. I'm not made of stone. Uh, he, he's done it before, so if, if Kellen Moore can make more as the offensive coordinator for Dallas than he can as a head coach for one of the other NFL teams that he's expected to interview Boy, for this season. Jacksonville's where, you know, careers end. But you notice their owner gives a lot of rope to the coaches that he's hired, with the exception of this year. All mm-hmm. the other coaches, uh, long-time coaches, even though they had uh, really long losing records, they have a very young quarterback that 
can probably be fixed still. <laughs> KBOI News Time, 647. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. For almost a full year, it's been back and forth for Boise's Interfaith Sanctuary. They were hoping to go forward with their move to a new location on State Street, a bigger facility where they could offer the homeless community more services. But the neighbors in that area pushed back, citing safety concerns and worries about property values. Ultimately, it would come down to one vote by Boise's Planning and Zoning Commission, a vote that went against the shelter's move, five to one, denying Interfaith's application for a conditional use permit, which would have allowed them to operate as a shelter. So, (laughs) this is is another one of those things that I think falls under the uh, heading of not in my backyard. Hmm, NIMBY. Where where do you go? What do you do? What does Interfaith Sanctuary do? Now, um, they have said that they are going to appeal, so not necessarily definitely over as far as having Interfaith Sanctuary located on, on State Street, but um, probably a very good chance mm. that that's not going to happen right now, especially with the uh, vote number um, there was only one person who voted to allow it to happen, so now, probably would, not would, a good chance of appeal working out. Would you personally, do you think, feel comfortable living down the street from uh, essentially a mission? I I don't think I would have a problem with it. Okay. I mean, we're, we're and, and here's something, and I'm going to put this out for everybody to answer you know, if you don't want it in your backyard, where do you want it? I mean, it's got to be in somebody's, close to somebody's backyard, right? Yeah, and I, I think that's where people want it, somebody else's Somebody backyard. else's backyard. Okay, so where is that? Is is there a place? I mean, I, I get it. If you don't want it in your neighborhood or close to your neighborhood because mm-hmm. you think it's going to bring down the value of, of your property, you, uh, you know, worry about possible crime because of uh, the number of people you know, being there and hanging out there. So we're, we're, I mean, we need it. I don't think anybody, even that didn't want it in their neighborhood, would say, ah, we don't even need these these places anymore. Okay, if your only choices are to have uh, a rescue mission or to uh, have homeless people all over the place, you probably would rather have a rescue mission. Right? However, those aren't the only choices. (laughs) The the choice that people are, are taking is, we don't want it around here. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I guess I don't know. I mean, I've heard people have said, you know, there are places that we can put this that people don't live, and it's like, well, is a rescue in, in those places? Of course, are are business parks and non residential areas. Mm-hmm. Is that a good place to put a place like Interfaith Sanctuary? You put that in the in, in the middle of a business you know, park. I don't. I don't think there's an ideal place. At all. Because even businesses would probably say, well, yeah, that's nice. Just don't put it next door to mine. (laughs) But once again, you have people complain about the homelessness that you see in Seattle, Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, in Portland. And your question is a great question, Chris. You know, if, if you're given the choice, would you rather see homeless all around Boise and living in Boise and downtown Boise like you see 
in Seattle and Portland and San Francisco and, you know, the people defecating because they have no place else to go to the bathroom on the city streets and whatnot. Okay, I officially would not like to see that. I, I wouldn't either. All right. Uh, Brad from Eagle, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, gentlemen. I, I got two things. Uh, Brad, call Hello? us back for some reason uh, you got hung up on. Um, Dylan, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning, fellas. Thanks for getting up at the crack like always. <laughs> you mean uh, you mean of Don? Of yeah, course. let's okay, let's so. add the word Don in there. Crack of Don. There you Sorry. go. Um, we'll get some clarification there for everybody. Um, <clears throat> you know, I couldn't comment because I don't live down there. But for the past two days in a row, I go get my mail at like six o'clock in the morning because I'm an early bird too, and. In the Coal Village Station Postal Service, there's a homeless fellow that has taken up home inside my post office. And clearly it's an expression that there is a much greater need for trying to provide services. But the big question, how we do it, you know, I won't want to go to my post office. And I, I have compassion, don't get me wrong, but, you know, some people in that status are unstable, and I just want to get my mail, you know. Right. Um, so what's the answer? Do, do you do you have an idea uh, of an answer? Man, I don't think there I, – I wish I could say that I did. I, I don't think there is one. I wish that I could see some other city or state that was accomplishing things in some way that we could copy or something, but – well, we got we got uh, states and, and cities that we can see that we don't want to copy things. You know, I just mentioned boy, a few of those. Go live in Santa Cruz and see how you like that. Holy yeah. smokes! Yeah. Thank you for the um, call, Dylan. Appreciate for what it. You guys do, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Brad, sorry about uh, <laughs> losing you. Go ahead. It happens. Oh, love when car just pulls into your lane. <laughs> um, I, I've got one comment and then a solution. Uh, I find it ironic that the residents have no problem with the strip club that's three doors down from the proposed <laughs> shelter. You know, it's it just, you know, it, it's I, that's the height of hypocrisy, in my opinion. Uh, now, as to a solution, Boise Factory Outlet. Hmm. It's, it's it's an isolated location. Hard There's to get to on foot, though. Near, yeah, that's... Well, it, you you can. How much does it cost to provide a shuttle? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, there's 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 a vast amount of space, a vast amount of, of of coverage, and it's not occupied. Interesting. Yeah, I never I I never thought about that. And not I mean. Like Chris says, it's it's isolated, but I wouldn't, you know, put that necessarily, you know, smack dab in the middle. And, and would the residents out by the outlet well, have a problem with that <laughs> out by their neighborhood? Are are there residents how, how out close, there? I was going to say, got, how close are the nearest residents? Oh, they're across the highway. Just across they're the across freeway, the freeway yeah. yeah. Closer to walk you know, there than it. it would be from from downtown. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, true. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate the call. You're welcome. Bye. 208-336-3700. You can also email... Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, or uh, you can also text the same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Do you have alternatives? Would you be okay with having one of these places in your neighborhood? We'll talk more about this uh, coming up 
little bit later this morning as we go through the morning. Uh, right now, though, it is time once again for a check on sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian, the place to go for lunch. Rated number one in the entire state of Idaho as the best deli. That's right, right here in Meridian. It's the number one rated deli in Idaho. Find out why. Get in for lunch today. Fat Guys Fresh Deli just off Wells Avenue in Meridian. That's time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722. We'll take more of your phone calls and uh, emails coming up here after news at the bottom of the hour in the uh, homeless situation right now, though. Uh, let's talk about your money. Jeremiah Bates with us. Once again, here uh, this morning, uh, job growth in December. Let's start right there. Um, crushed expectations. Jeremiah, are you there? We must have lost Jeremiah for some reason this morning. Hello, Jeremiah. All right. Jeremiah. Hmm. Jeremiah. Uh, is, is, isn't on at the moment. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to 2022 technology. But, but you're right. Uh, the uh, uh, the ADP December report on hiring at U.S. companies, uh, it was out before the bell Wednesday. It showed job growth of 807,000 positions, which is more than double estimates. The November total was revised lower from the initially reported 534,000 the Labor Department is scheduled to release weekly jobless claims data on Thursday, tomorrow, and the monthly employment report for December is coming up on Friday. The Federal Reserve will be uh, watching those numbers carefully ahead of its two-day January meeting uh, later in the month. Uh, the Fed is uh, out with minutes from its meeting in December. Uh, and that's going to happen th- This today, afternoon, right? yeah, yeah. That they'll, they'll unveil those. And they will unveil plans to accelerate bond purchase uh, tapering and and um, signal three interest rate hikes in 2022. So, uh, yeah, they're tightening up. Yeah, so we should know a little bit more tomorrow morning when we get a uh, view of those minutes that will be uh, released a little bit later today. I'm sure Jeremiah will give us an update on those. Might give us some guidance as to how soon the Fed will be uh, raising interest rates, which of course, will affect those of us who uh, are going to be buying cars, uh, maybe buying houses, mm-hmm. um, you know, expected to go up, not a whole bunch, but at least a little bit. And maybe uh, the Fed minutes will tell us as to when we can expect that. Once again, we'll get an update coming up uh, here tomorrow morning uh, with Jeremiah Bates. Hopefully, keep your fingers crossed, <laughs> we uh, get that uh, connection fixed. Mm-hmm. KBY News Time, 725-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us and partake in our discussion, you can also email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. We've been covering for some time the future of the Interface Sanctuary in Boise. Tonight, Boise's Planning and Zoning Commission voted against Interface proposal. Interfaith wanted to put a new emergency homeless shelter in an existing building on State Street. Over the last several weeks, commissioners have heard a range of opinions on the project. Concerns from neighbors dominated most of the discussions. But others saw this as an opportunity to help those in need. But again, planning and zoning here in Boise has rejected Interface plans for a new shelter.
What do you do? Taking your phone calls and emails this morning, 208-336-3700. Tyler from Garden City. You have an answer? Hey, how's it going? Good. You have an answer for us. First of all, Tyler, are you listening to us on 93.1 FM or 670 AM? Uh, 670. All right. Just checking. So do you have an answer? Uh, no, I think I did. we're looking at the wrong, partially the wrong problem. So I lived in Seattle for five years. I've seen a lot of, I've lived in Tacoma too. So I've seen a lot of bad homelessness. But yet when I would drive around down there, there's plenty of homes around there. There's abandoned houses all over the place. And from what I've seen personally, I think a vast majority of the problem is it's a drug problem that stems into the homeless problem. I think that could, you know, we need to get to the, the root of the problem and address that, and you'll see a lot of this homelessness you know, that, take care of it. That, that, that's true. I mean, uh, people that we've talked to, homeless advocates and, and uh, you know, Bill Roscoe, various people like that, have always said that the three biggest reasons for uh, homelessness have been uh, drug problems, alcohol problems, and mental illness. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. So I think we need to address those issues, and we'll see the homelessness start to uh, dissipate. dissipate. All right. Thank you, Tyler. Oh, that's my take on it. Yeah. And I and I, thank you for the call. I know, I mean, it's easy to say, hey, we got to look at those issues, you know, but then how do you look at those? I mean, that's a, another completely different problem. Do you make, uh, you know, selling drugs and taking drugs illegal? Oh, wait. Well, um, <laughs> that, it that, is already. That, that part kind of has already happened. Yeah. So, I mean, so now you have Here, a completely a, here's another a, Here's a question. It's problem. Just, here's a very, very general question for you. If something is illegal and yet lots and lots of people just do it anyway, what do you do at that point? You can't make something more illegal, can you? Or, or, no. Or can I, you? I mean, that's just, that's just it. I mean, we've talked about this in a myriad of different subjects like gun laws it's like we need to do something about you know the the gun violence well i mean what what do you do i mean do you make it even more illegal to kill somebody with a gun to fire a gun to take a gun to school because they're all illegal right mm-hmm. i don't know if hey if somebody's got an answer uh, I, i'm guessing you could well, make a lot of money if you've got an answer to any one of those questions we just there, brought up there is a certain part of the population that would tell you well anything that's being abused get rid of it uh, especially I, if it's being abused on a you know on a, a very wide basis where do homeless people i mean homeless people don't have money you know basically to live any place but where are they getting their money for drugs that's what I, I guess I don't understand. Um, I've I never probably, been homeless. I probably don't want to know where they're getting their money for drugs. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Your thoughts, you can weigh in. You can also email Chris at KBY.com and Mike at KBY. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. For almost a full year, it's been back and forth for Boise's Interfaith Sanctuary. They were hoping to go forward with their move to a new location on State Street, a bigger facility where they could offer the homeless community more services. But the neighbors in that area pushed back, citing safety concerns and worries about property values. Ultimately, it would come down to one vote by Boise's Planning and Zoning Commission, a vote that went against the shelter's move, five to one, denying Interfaith's application for a conditional use permit, which would have allowed them to operate as a shelter. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Doug in Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year to you. Thank um, you. I have, uh, I have a question, I guess, to start. Has anybody ever done a survey on where the homeless in Boise come from? I mean, are they Idahoans or are they, have they moved here? I, I think they're currently Idahoans, but that's all I know. So <clears throat> here's my thought on it. Uh, San Francisco uh, coast, they have different climates and stuff. And I think, uh, I, I think the reason that they're drawn to Boise, uh, mainly if they're coming from out of state or whatever, is because we build these shelters for them that keep them nice and warm and fed in the wintertime. Uh, I'm in agreement with the planning and zoning, and, and thank heavens they they listen to the neighbors in the neighborhood and the, so, the people that live there. So the uh, uh, the supply is creating the demand in this case. I I believe so. You know, um, I, I don't know that for a fact, but I think it is. They they come here and we continue to, you know, over the last fifteen years of that we had probably one shelter back then, and now we have three or four, I think, different shelters in in the city of Boise. Um, we don't have a problem, I think, in the outlying cities because we don't have shelters. And why do they all go to Boise when they could be in Meridian, Napa, Caldwell? I, they all come out here and work every day by standing on the street corners. But uh, other than that, they go back to Boise where they have three hots and a cot. Thank you for the call, Doug. Richie Ian. 208-336-3700, pounds. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 752, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I uh, saw a notification yesterday that uh, you will uh, officially have a team to uh, root for. At least the team you root for will officially have a, a name. You're talking about me? Yeah, coming okay. up by, on February 2nd. Oh, Washington football team is no longer going to be just Washington the football, football team. team. Yeah, um, they will have a, a so new we can, mascot, we can a new get rid name. Of the, we can get rid of the T-shirts that say w, uh, WTF, <laughs> WFT. <laughs> um, so by February 2nd, the NFL will have an official new um, team name they announced as of yesterday. I also wanted to just quickly announce, you had a couple of former BSU players that had a uh, really good weekend this past weekend. John Bates has quietly put together a really good season for playing, the Washington football playing team. Playing for the Washington football team, let, yes. Let me rephrase that. John Bates from Boise State. Yeah, John Bates has quietly put together a really good last six-game Spread well, because yeah. first uh, the first two months of the season he didn't have a catch, and now um, he has 19 receptions my, my for the season. Is, my guess is he probably didn't have many targets either. No, um, he now has 19 receptions for the season, uh, 233 yards, um, an average of more than 12 yards per catch. By the way, if you're thinking, well, that doesn't sound very good um, here in the NFL. The fact that he has 19 receptions this season is just three sort of short of the best 
year he ever had with the Broncos. Oh, wow, really? In 2019, and he still has one more game to go with the uh, Washington football team. So congratulations to uh, John Bates. And his blocking, I guess, the uh, head coach absolutely loves how he blocks. Yeah, not just catches passes, but he's also very good at blocking, which is what he did good and did well here at Boise State. A couple of other Boise State uh, players had great weekends this last weekend, too. Cedric Wilson uh, went Swiss Army Knife again. (laughs) (laughs) He had... He had six receptions. He was only targeted six times, so he caught mm-hmm. every single pass that was thrown his way, 35 yards. He scored a touchdown, uh, plus he also caught a catch for a two-point conversion, and he completed a 31-yard pass, which I believe was the longest pass completed by the Dallas Cowboys in, in the game. Weekends, in the game. Um, Leighton Van Der Esch also had one of his best games of the year. He led the team in tackles with uh, 10 total tackles in their loss to nice. Arizona. So uh, you got a couple of uh, really good... I remember the days when you could uh, keep track of the Boise State players that were in the NFL by watching one game a week. Yeah. And now you, you, you know, you, you've got to check a lot of teams. Yeah, that and you've got a lot of players that have had good... See- Alexander Madison, for instance, mm-hmm. he's, not, he's, he's a backup, but every time Son. the starter was hurt, he Jeremy, had over 100 yards. Jeremy McNichols the other day. Yeah. Um, also having uh, good seasons, and then the guys that go, you know, don't go uh, get their names in the stats. Offensive and defensive linemen. There have been quite a few of those that have had really good seasons this, Charles, this year too. Charles Leno Jr. still yeah. playing, still playing. Who with, thought who with thought the Washington football out, team? By the who way, who thought that coming out of college that he would still be playing all these years later? KBOI News Time seven fifty six two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us this morning, remember you can always email. Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message or text the same as our main number. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. On the way in 20 minutes, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network at 208-888-4128. Call them if you have needs, if you need to sell your home, buy a home, farmland, investment property, whatever questions you have and help you need, just call 208-888-4128. Today, we have a $50 gift certificate up for grabs, biscuit and hogs, if you're the first person to correctly answer our Casper and Chris Damn near impossible question once again coming up here in just 20 minutes. Our question today, the card game Solitaire isn't actually the name of that game. Solitaire actually refers to any tabletop game that you can play by yourself, not just the famous card game. It didn't become universally known as Solitaire until 1990 when Microsoft called it that when they added it to their Windows operating system. So our question today, what is the actual name, the official name of the card game Solitaire? I'll give you one more hint. The, ga- the game shares its name with a region in Canada. Oh, interesting. Uh, there you go. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, the first person to answer is going to get a $50 gift certificate, compliments of biscuit and hogs. Once again, that's on the way coming up here in just 20 minutes. Meanwhile, our phone lines are open. By the way, if you want to uh, set your speed dial for that, we also have another chance for you to pick up your tickets coming up a little bit later this morning to watch the Boise State-Colorado State game. Two long win streaks, 17, uh, 18 games between the two of them. 
um, when they come to play Boise State on uh, Extra Mile Arena Court. We'll have a chance for you to win your tickets coming up this morning, so stick around. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the uh, 8 o'clock hour we go. Looks like the uh, Dow is, uh, (laughs) I was just going to say it's switched from the red to the the, uh, green three times just in the uh, amount of time I I was going to announce what what the Dow was doing today. I was reading some of the business news this morning and it said that it was expected to dip right after opening, but then it'd make a comeback. And here it it was up a point, then it dropped down to seven points, now currently down 2.4. So it's basically flat after setting a new all-time record um, as of yesterday's close of business. Standard & Poor also set an all-time record. The NASDAQ uh, down again yesterday, and the reason the NASDAQ is is down is because we've talked about this, uh, interest rates. The Fed has already said... That yeah, they're, they're going to be raising them. interest rates three times this year. We'll get a, a view of the minutes of their last meeting. Going to be released a little bit later this afternoon. We'll talk about it this morning. It might give some clearance as to how soon that interest rate might be coming, whether it comes in the next month or two or a little bit later in the year. But it affects tech companies massively, and that's why you've seen uh, tech, uh, I think, lost 4% while Standard & Poor and the Dow were up in December um, and why they continue to be down again today. Standard & Poor is also down a little bit today. Um, 2022 underway, uh, going to be a big one this year for the uh, Supreme Court. In uh, Article USA Today, um, the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg once said that it's hard not to have a big year at the Supreme Court. However, there are some years that are bigger than others. And it's looking like 2022 could be one of those big years, maybe even uh, some landmark cases being decided this year. Um, it's likely to issue historic rulings on abortion, gun rights, and other assorted issues. The fact that the Supreme Court is going to be handing down such decisions in a major election year is also kind of noteworthy. The court tends to be a little more conservative with its selection of cases that they're uh, willing to hear before major elections. But 2022, which is a midterm election year, will put the court at ground zero in one of the most heated elections in history this year. For those calling to pack the court to ensure a liberal majority, the uh, already furious commentary is likely to reach near hysteria if conservative majority rules is expected in some of these cases in the first half of 2022. A lot of these cases will be decided by June. One of those, abortion country is waiting a decision by June in Dobbs versus Jackson, Wyoming's health organization. An issue is whether Mississippi can impose a 15-week limit on abortions. That is earlier than the previously allowed uh, by court, but the United States is one of only seven among the world's 198 countries to allow abortions after 20 weeks. Well, the court could simply overturn Roe versus Wade and return to the area of the states, the power to the states. It's more likely, uh, experts say, that the court will increase the authority of the states while recognizing constitutional protections for such reproductive uh, reproductive li- uh, rights. Okay. That could be a major reframing of abortion laws here in our nation. 
And if Dobbs is a frightening thought for abortion advocates, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin in a, is a virtual heart attack for gun control advocates. In the latest drafted gun law to go before the court, New York has forced a challenge that could result in a major ruling reinforcing individual rights under the Second Amendment. The case deals with the uh, Sullivan Act of 1911, giving local officials discretion over who can carry concealed guns based on showing of proper cause. Bruin is likely to reinforce rights for concealed carry permits, negating a host of laws uh, across the country. Um, with these and other important cases on the docket, hardly necessary to add anything new to a momentous year, yet the court is not done by a long shot. You remember at the end of 2021, the Supreme Court dove into the raging debate over vaccine mandates. It ordered an expedited argument in three such cases that will begin this Friday. The appeal raises the legality of the emergency temporary standard issued by OSHA requiring a vaccine or test mandate for private employers with more than 100 employees. The case, again, raises core issues of agency deference as well as federal authority in that area. Courts have split on what the White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, admits was a workaround of the limits on the president's authority. But that basically is what this is going to come down to. Does the president have constitutional legal authority to require people to be vaccinated? Any guess on how... Uh, that one's gonna fall yeah, I with the know. Supreme. I know. I know it's hard to judge what the Supreme Court is exactly. is going to do. You know, and it, it's it's amazing to me that that uh, people who are at the very top of their game, you you know, uh, as judicious experts. You know, yeah, exactly. They're law experts, the very top of their game, and still a lot of the votes come out five four. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch this one. Um, I. I my personal opinion, and I, I am in no way in the know in this. I am not a lawyer. I've n- never been a lawyer. I've never taken law classes. I really think the uh, Supreme Court is going to say, yeah, the president doesn't have that kind of power. We will find out. This is, like I said, an expedited case. Uh, it begins. Uh, the uh, arguments will be beginning coming up uh, this Friday. I don't know how soon we'll have uh, an answer to it, but I'm guessing it's going to be way before June because this is supposed to, what is it? Today's the fifth. So this was supposed to start yesterday, right? June, uh, January 4th was supposed to be the mandatory vaccines Mm -hmm. for uh, companies with over a hundred employers. So there's been a stay on that um, just because the lower courts have been fighting back and forth. One will say, yes, the stay is in effect. And then another court will say, no, it's not. So now we're waiting for the Supreme Court. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Stick around. Coming up, we've got a $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs that we'll be giving away coming up here in just a couple minutes. We'll do that right after Bronco Sports today. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Let's talk about the Dow more. Every time we talk about it, it it goes up some more. It's up 65 points now. Dow, 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 Dow. We're going to see if this works. (laughs) See? 69 points. Uh, time for the Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. We got a $50 gift certificate once again. Biscuit and Hogs, all yours today. If you uh, can answer this question correctly, 
Kevin, you're going to get the first crack at it. First of all, Kevin, and this isn't your question, by the way, are you listening to us at 93.1 FM, 670 AM, or uh, some other platform? Actually, listen to you on the Internet. On the Internet. Well, thank you for listening this morning. Let's see if we can uh, pay it off for you this morning for listening to us. The card game Solitaire isn't actually the name of that game, the official name of that game. It didn't become known as Solitaire until 1990. What is the actual given name for Solitaire? Klondike. You sure? That's Is that your final answer? Well, there's two possible. There's Solitaire or Klondike, so... Klondike, Solitaire, Klondike Solitaire. is the official I'm answer. Stick with Klondike. Yeah, I, yeah, I would do Klondike. that too. Congratulations, Kevin. You now uh, officially are headed to Biscuit and Hogs. Have you ever been there before? No, I haven't. I'm really anxious to try it out. It sounds wonderful. Okay, if you if you need any help uh, perusing the menu, just let Chris and I know. We'll be happy to go with you and help you out. I'm sure you guys are experts. <laughs> Hang on the line. We'll get some more information uh, from you. Uh, don't go uh, away this week. We still have more chances for you to get the Biscuit and Hogs uh, gift certificate. If you didn't win this morning, we'll give you another chance coming up tomorrow morning. We're not even done with the winning yet here today. Still on the way. Within the next hour. Within the next hour, we're going to give you a chance to uh, pick up free pair of tickets to go to uh, one of the biggest games we've had in a while at Extra Mile Arena. You have the undefeated and nationally ranked Colorado State team coming in. Winners last night, the only Mountain West team that uh, wasn't in COVID protocols to play last night. Uh, They uh, beat Air Force. They'll be coming to Boise State as of right now. That game is still on, even though Boise State has had two of their previous game canceled due to protocols with COVID. Uh, Not canceled. They're hopefully going to be just postponed. We'll know later this season. Um, But we've got tickets for this game. Boise State on a seven-game win streak. Colorado State now on a 12-game win streak. One of those streaks has to come to an end. What a big crowd coming up this coming Friday at Extra Mile Arena, and we have a chance for you to go absolutely free. Just stick around. Lock in your speed dial if you want right now and get a chance to win sometime within the next hour, 208-336-3700 or pound 670. Be up for the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. So that happened uh, earlier this week after uh, weeks, uh, not even weeks, months and months of people giving their testimony on whether or not they thought it was a good idea of placing the uh, new interfaith sanctuary there on State Street. In that report, he said it came down to one vote. No, it, it... it was one time that they voted, yeah, but th- he, it won by four, yeah, five to one. That was, that was kind of a, a mis what do you call it a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Um, they voted on it just once. They kept putting off the vote. Um, I think they put it off the official account. I think it was two or three times that they kept putting off the vote so that they could hear more people um, give their thoughts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Only one person out of the five voted to have it on State Street, and this is the. These are the planning and zoning commissioners. So now what happens? I mean, 
we get back to the whole thing, and uh, we're continuing to take some of your phone calls and emails if you'd like to weigh in on this um, this morning. You know, the Interfaith Sanctuary said that they will appeal. I think it's going to be an uphill climb, especially since the vote wasn't close, mm-hmm. you know, four to one against. And this wasn't, you know, th- this wasn't just a, a group of people who uh, complained randomly. It's it's the Veterans Park Neighborhood Association, and they researched the whole thing. It, I, ha- I have to give it to them, the fact that they didn't take this lightly. I mean, they let everybody have their say on this thing, and that's why this kept getting postponed as far as the vote until this week yeah, is because they had so many people at the end of meetings and they would, they would meet for hours and hours allowing testimony from people in the neighborhoods and experts on why and why not the interface sanctuary should be, um, you know, built there. I thought there, there was a good chance that uh, it, it may pass. Clearly I was wrong about that, but I, I thought that it might simply because they have since uh, last January when they made the announcement have been, scaling down the proposal uh, each time there was a reasonably tense neighborhood meeting. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know if it was going to pass or not. I thought I, I'm a little surprised at how the vote wasn't closer. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I didn't know one way or the other if the vote was, was going to pass. But this, again, in, in the report that you heard there, it, it comes down to a lot of people saying not, in my backyard. I don't yeah, want them close exactly. because they were complaining about how this could drive I mean, down the I'm property sure, prices. I'm sure there are people who would donate an awful lot of money, but only if it's not near their house. Yeah. So what what do you do with Interfaith Sanctuary? Where do you, where do you where do you put this? You put it out in the middle of nowhere. We had somebody uh, call a little bit earlier this morning with uh, an idea that I Boise, mean, Boise Outlet Mall. Yeah. I mean, that that place, I haven't been out there recently, but the last time I was there a couple of years ago, the place was nearly a ghost town. It's not as remote as it used to be. No. Simply because neighborhoods have built up built in that up area. around it. And there's, you know, if you have the interfaith sanctuary there before, and there is talk that they're going to be developing that area even more over the coming years, and most of the development now is north of the freeway, but they're talking about doing more development south of the freeway, if the interfaith sanctuary is there first, you can't really complain about your neighborhood not wanting well, to have a homeless shelter in your neighborhood if it's there first, right? Here, here, here's kind of the attitude. There, there are people saying all you got to do is just put it somewhere out in the, the desert-type areas, uh, you know, south of, of the communities. And what's the problem with that? Well, there's already a prison there. <laughs> but see, that's the attitude is, you know, put it in the, in the similar place that you would a prison. Problem is that prisoners don't come and go. They they don't need to go other places. They don't need to go, you know, maybe to get well, a, yeah, a medical I mean, checkup you, or something like that. And if they do, it's in the prison. If you uh, release a prisoner, generally the last place they want to hang out is in front of the prison. Uh, Mike writes in, Mike at KBY.com. The Boise Planning and Zoning Commission's vote is based on fear and misinformation about the homeless, many of whom are military veterans with Post-traumatic stress syndrome. That's true too. Uh, homeless are are net are not flesh-eating monsters roaming the streets, invading homes to feed themselves. The interfaith sanctuary treats and counsels the homeless with job training and provides mental health treatment. If planning and zoning is setting precedence, then other homeless shelters, there are four in Boise, should be shut down as well as this is not here. 
a not here city. Not yeah. here city. Yeah, I hope that. the decision is appealed, overturned by the city council, and then goes to the district court for final approval, except for the witch hunt type fear of ill-informed local residents. The permit is within current zoning. Happy never, home hunting. Never underestimate the, uh, uh, the power of ill-informed local residents. <laughs> True that. Uh, Russ and Eagle, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm, I agree with their decision to, to deny that uh, conditional use permit, but based on location only. I, you know, it, it, it's not a good mix, uh, particularly with this facility. From what I was reading in the past, this is kind of I won't say it's unregulated, but they don't monitor the the people that are staying there. I mean, it's, you know, they have to obey the rules, but there's no screening or or anything like that as far as what kind of people are going to well, be staying I mean, there. Who do, you, who do you screen out at a place like that? Somebody who's having problems? Well, sex offenders and, and you know, people that have criminal backgrounds and things like that. I mean, there's no screening, for, you know, from what I was understanding, there's no screening for even that kind of stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to have something like that where it's just wide open to um, a combination of people that are justifiably can be there and then a mix of people that are got a you know, criminal backgrounds and everything else, you got to put those in more of an industrial type area that still provide access to services that they need. You can't just park one of these things in the middle of an existing neighborhood. That, that, that is, uh, you can't do that. You just can't do it. Where where would you put it? I would, whatever, any kind of industrial areas. I've, I've seen in other cities where they put them in areas where there's not a, a residential component to it, but there's still facilities where they can provide you know, services to them with, with food or, or, you know, some type of groceries, you know, there, there's transitional areas between industrial areas and residential areas where you can do it. But, you know, uh, uh, parking them in residential areas is just not a, a good solution. Thank you for the call, Russ. Appreciate it. You bet, guys. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Need to take uh, one final break for traffic and weather. We'll take more of your phone calls and emails coming up. Remember, you can always email Chris at KBUI.com and Mike at KBUI.com. Also, we're going to talk uh, about uh, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer and his threat. We'll get your thoughts on whether or not you think this is going to go anywhere. Um, we'll talk about that when we come back on News Talk KBUI. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, that was stupid. What What was stupid? Dow's down 25 points since the last time we talked about uh, it. So we overdid it. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, apparently, there's a limit to how much you can talk about the Dow, and you and I keep it going up. So uh, we'll, we'll limit our talk right now. Um, Still up 91 points, though. Someone who uh, calls himself High Guys, if that is your real name, <laughs> probably isn't. And by the way, that's H-I. Um says uh, IMO, in my opinion, the lowers the value of our properties argument is actually a good thing. Boise residents have been complaining loudly the last few years about how high property values are and how much their property taxes have gone up. Sounds like it would be a good thing to help alleviate the property tax issue. Do do property taxes ever go down? Yeah, they did. It doesn't seem like they do. Um, Because... Um... I remember back in, I want to say 2010 or 2011, the last time the economy blew up because of what was happening with real estate 
Um, there for two or three years, my property taxes went down. And a lot of it because of the property values like went down massively. Uh, I'm talking in some instances 30, 40, and even 50% in some areas. Now we've got all that back and continues to go up way above that. But as I mentioned, it has gone down, but just, you're right, not very often. Interesting thing to uh, watch here over the next week or two, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer has threatened this week to gut the filibuster if Republicans don't back the White House overhaul of the nation's voting laws. Schumer wrote in a letter to colleagues that he would force a vote on changing the Senate's longstanding rules by January 17th unless Republican lawmakers help pass the voting bill. And Chris, you and I, I mean, we've watched politics. You, you know, probably longer than me, especially from uh, a close view. Um, one thing that we have noticed, and I think you've noticed too, that really works in politics is when you threaten people. <laughs> yeah, they tend to go, oh, that is a good idea. Thanks for the threat. No, that's not what No, that's, you, you pretty much see people dig their much, feet in, pretty right? Pretty much never how it works. Dig yeah. their heels in. Well, well it, especially if it's clearly an idle threat. In other words, oh, you're going to, you know, you're really going to get it, and there, there's nothing he could possibly do. Well, I mean, he could force a vote, but here's the problem. He doesn't have enough votes from his own party to pass this. He, he would have to have the 50 votes from his own Democratic Party to pass this and mm-hmm. then get the vote from the vice president. But there are two people who are vehemently against it, Simona and uh, uh, Manchin. Mm-hmm. Both are on the record as saying this is not a good idea to get rid of the filibuster. Now, since President Biden took office last year, Democrats have been pushing the rewrite of the uh, country's voting laws. Schumer plans to put it up for a vote here in a couple of weeks, could rework campaign finance laws, expand mail-in voting, and impose new restrictions on the ability of states to draw electoral districts. The bill failed in an evenly split Senate three times last year, always falling well short of the Senate's 60-vote filibuster threshold. Republicans say uh, Schumer's threats show that Democrats are desperate to win at all costs, even if it means changing the Senate's rules to their advantage. An evenly divided Senate, breaking a forever changing rules that require a supermajority, is like a football team declaring its opponent end zone starts at the 40-yard line, said Senator Mike Lee of Utah. (laughs) That's true. That makes very little sense. Some lawmakers have floated a requirement that senators mount an old-fashioned talking filibuster which would require lawmakers to speak continuously on the floor in objection to a bill. Senators currently are allowed to merely object to ending debate, forcing leaders to round up votes necessary to overcome the 60-vote threshold. You know, I, I had mentioned this last week in talking about getting rid of the filibuster that might be a good idea, but the bad part, idea of that is it's just a waste of time. The you filibuster? Know, the, if you have a standing well, filibuster. Yeah, it, 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 because no business comes to a complete standstill mm-hmm. until the filibuster is over. At least this way, business can continue. You can get the filibuster over unless you can break it with the 60 votes. If you don't have the 60 votes, then... Well, a filibuster is, is, is uh, it's in a way, I would call it a technicality that it exists in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is kind of a waste of time, and it does just delay things. I mean... Uh, I would prefer that instead of, you know, pulling tricks like that, that people simply argued the whole thing out until they were done. Trouble with arguing in Congress is no one ever no wins <laughs> because no one changes their mind. Uh, yeah, consider it. Consider Nobody, they, get, they get paid. Yeah, you, you never, know, whether you they, never hear, uh, hey, that's a good point <laughs> in Congress. 
Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, has warned that any effort to weaken the filibuster will launch a new era of partisan warfare. And, and this is the one thing that maybe they forget, that if you change this rules, it doesn't just change it for this, you know, one bill. Mm-hmm. If the Republicans come back in power once again, change it, for it changes it for everybody. So you can't, in say, in three years, say say the Republicans come back in power like they did when Trump was first elected. Then you can't yell and scream that, oh my gosh, you can't be doing this. This isn't fair. We need the filibuster back. Well, you, you can, you can actually. but you would be, you'd look stupid. Congress but, can not only change things, they can change things back. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, stick around. We've got news at the top of the hour. We'll get back to more of your phone calls and emails. You want to talk about the homeless situation, please feel free to do that. Um, we still have those tickets, too, to basketball. Stick around. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to take part in the show, we encourage that type of thing here. You can uh, also email Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com. Got um, an instant message here from uh, Brandon. Brandon says, uh, good morning. First, no way for putting a shelter at the outlet mall. First, you want to shelter next to Idaho Ice World with kids going in and out. It's also remote when compared with the intended customer base, and no public transportation goes out there, which is a good segue to location. The shelter needs to be where the homeless and other related services are. Thus, it needs to be near the downtown area. Otherwise, new locations will spread the homeless over to the new area. Those in need will still be hanging out downtown since the rescue mission, Corpus Christi House, etc., will still be in the area. Then you'll have a new group head to wherever a new shelter opens up. That's Brandon in Boise. Now, the, the person who called and mentioned Idaho, or the uh, Idaho Outlet Mall said that you might be able to get some public busing back and forth from downtown or other areas. To take care of the, you know, transportation problem. I don't know if that's a good fit or not. I I would ask. I guess maybe you know what are your problems with having it next to Idaho Ice World? Um, are are you saying that kids are going to be attacked? Is that what you're you're alluding to? That homeless people are going to attack kids who are there, coming and going for? They just don't want them to mix, probably. So, you know, would you consider that, and I'm just asking here, I'm not saying it would, do you consider that, somebody had mentioned this is just fear-mongering, once again, I mean, these are just people, or is there something specifically that you don't like about homeless people mixing with children who might be coming to go and go ice skating at Idaho Ice World? I'm just asking. Brandon, you can you can answer that if you would like. Uh, Rich and Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Well, uh, first of all, the civil rights bill passed with a talking filibuster. And after each senator gets a chance to talk, then it just goes to a majority vote, 51 votes. That's how that works. Yeah, okay. So so they would, they would just 
they would get up there and talk and talk, read newspapers for as long as they could, their bladder would allow them because they can't leave, then make fools of themselves, and then it would go to a majority vote. So there is a big difference. And uh, that's how the Civil Rights Bill passed. Tom Thurman uh, got up there. I believe he stood there for 30 hours talking. He holds the record. Wow. How he did that without going to the bathroom. I, I was just going to say, know. was he wearing a diaper? I, I can't go I have, hours without going. I have no idea. And or the only thing, a leg they, trough. only thing they could drink was milk. <laughs> they could just drink milk. I have no idea what he used or how he did it. I can't explain that, but it's on the record he did. I'll bet he had a diaper on. There's no way you can, uh, well, there is no way you can physically go 30 hours without going to the bathroom. I don't know. He could have had a catheter yeah. and been constipated. I'm not sure how he did it, but he was fairly old when he did it too. So, but see that that then then it goes to a vote, and the filibusters just use too much. And as I said before, when Republicans get in a position that it'll benefit them. They'll change it, and they'll say, well, the Democrats wanted to do it. That will be their excuse. So Democrats might as well just do it now, get well, a bill passed. They, they have a problem doing it. Not all Democrats want it, and you need at least 50 Democrats to do it. And two of them have already said they're against it. Yeah, and I don't know why they're against it, because it's going to go away anyway. And uh, it's, just used, it's just used too much. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Um, oh, see, so we wouldn't. We just got a uh, text message in. Outlet um, Mall recently sold. Most likely will be turned into small businesses, and then they, uh, in addition to that, said Idaho Ice World is uh, now closed. I didn't know Idaho Ice World was closed. Isn't the Outlet Mall already a collection of small businesses? Um, yeah, I I don't know how many though. When you say collection, is there two, three? Like I said, it's been a while. The last time I was there was a few years ago, and there was nothing, almost nothing out there then. You know, so many closed down businesses because just people. I And I, I think this is a problem with uh, outlet malls across the country, not just here. I, I, I've heard this is a, a problem with outlet malls across the country that they've just lost businesses going there. But that would take away one of the problems if you were worried about, you know. Oh telephone um if you were worried about you know homeless people being around kids who might be coming and going to idaho ice world if idaho ice world is closed you don't have to worry about that anymore that's good one of the problems are are taken care of lisa has written in and says a year down the road selling the old site before getting the pnz approval ifs interface sanctuary is uh or they state that they haven't had a chance to tell their story yet Seriously, that's just ridiculous and another ploy to avoid the primary issues. One, this issue started because a large developer in unison with surrounding corporations in the Shoreline area is working to develop a new development called Midtown. Two, uh, Interface Sanctuary, Sanctuary Director and Board recklessly sold their current site before getting approval to move ahead with uh, the plan on State Street. Three, a large homeless facility should not be near any neighborhood with children, parks, or homes. And she signed it a concerned longtime Boise citizen, Lisa. Okay, Lisa, and once again, I'm going to put this question out there. Why don't you think uh, uh, 
Interface Sanctuary or another place like that should be in neighborhoods that might have children in them. I'm, I don't have an answer to it. I, I'm asking you because you're the second person well, who mean, has said, you know, you can't have neighbor, kids neighborhoods that might have around children, homeless people. Neighborhoods that might uh, have children, uh, that basically narrows it down to only gated adult communities. The only, th- those are the only neighborhoods that don't have children. Yeah. I mean, do you fear for children's lives because of homeless people? Or are they are, are they some? Do you think there's some sort of monsters? Or, or I, I, I don't have an answer to here, and I'm no, not. It's, I'm not it's, being confrontational. I don't, I don't I'm think just, it's a. I don't think it's a matter of thinking people are monsters. I think they just don't want their kids around people they consider sketchy. Weird things do happen in the homeless community uh, because you know there are weird motivations out there when you don't have a place to sleep or eat. I uh, come into work every every day here, Monday through Friday. I am out and about in the community almost seven days a week, mm-hmm. and I come in contact with sketchy people almost every day. That includes right here in our building. I mean, there's there's going to be sketchy well, okay. people every. I mean, you look at uh, I'll, what I'll narrow it down to week. sketchy people whose address you can't look up. <laughs> John <laughs> writes okay. in. Okay. John writes in and says the Democrat voting bill is full of moronic idiocracy. Try uh, going to uh, any country where you are not a citizen and try to vote there. Do it, and you'll be in jail until the cows come home. It's listed on every ballot by voting and signing. You are attesting you are a legal U.S. citizen and only voting one time. It's pretty simple. Not a legal citizen. No vote for you. Here's the other thing that I, I have a problem with this. You know, just based on how successful... The federal government and Congress is at at running things and being in charge of things. Do you, I mean this is mostly about Congress having more power over elections and the federal government having more power over elections, taking it away from the states. Would you rather have the federal government more in charge of the rules, election laws, or would you rather keep it in the hands of each individual state? This one's uh, entitled "Answer." Uh, which I guess it could mean it's it's Brandon, but it says, uh, "Would you want your young child watching a full-grown man relieving himself or herself, or uh, shooting some heroin or lighting up a crack pipe?" These are a few things some people would not want to expose their children to. It's a pretty blanket statement that you're just saying that at Interfaith Sanctuary they're just there shooting up heroin and peeing on the ground in front of the building. No, but the fact that anybody's doing it. You can you can see that a lot of different places. <laughs> Not the shooting up heroin. Well, I don't and, know where you would to, go to see that. And to but. be fair, I think those people would keep their children out of all those places. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, here's your chance to do it. We'll take a quick break. More of your phone calls and uh, emails coming up. You can also uh, send us a text message, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, Scott in Boise. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning, Mike and Chris. How are you guys? Doing good. 
Hey, by the way, Good. before uh, we yep. let you get into uh, what you called for, are you listening to us on 93.1 FM, 670 AM, or uh, a different platform? You know, I I am offended that you would ask that question. That does violate my HIPAA <laughs> rights. Seriously? No, it doesn't actually. And <laughs> no, I'm listening on FM. Okay, I'm just checking. Enjoying the full, enjoying. It, it, it's just almost like I'm getting more of you. Well, we're which in we're in stereo now. Is a little bit creepy, but <laughs> I I like it a little better. Look on this homeless issue, you guys. Yeah. I I I struggle with this because. I have a family member. I have a a, a, um, a, a child, actually, of ours, who does uh, um, deal with some mental health, schizophrenia, and was diagnosed with schizophrenia at the age of 19. And now, luckily, my child has an incredible support system that has brought her into productivity and independent living and those things but there's still a lot of support there right right right. and i think and i and i think of people who um who have uh struggle with mental health issues without support systems and how easy it is for them to fall into the cracks of society because they don't fit into the mold of a productive citizen like um, most of us expect people to fit into. And so then it becomes uh, an issue of how do we treat the weakest among us, right? So how do we treat, you know, the sick and the poor and the, uh, you know, is it our societal responsibility to help? And is it our responsibility or is it the government's responsibility? I I, I don't know the answer. There's so many layers to this onion, but I do have an, uh, a thought. I do believe that churches should play a much more active role in the social support infrastructure of our society. And that is, I believe, the trade-off for their tax-exempt status. While there are lots of churches, while there are lots of churches that do, you know, a food bank and right. we deliver meals to the poor and hey, that's awesome. I I love that. But the specific issue of homelessness, I do believe and would like to maybe throw out there as as a consideration. What role could churches play in the housing? and care of the most vulnerable among us. And there are so many churches in the Treasure Valley that it seems to me that with, you know, with even 20% of them taking a more active role in this type of project, that there would be, um, you know, that there would be maybe a little better uh, um, uh, ease on the burden to societies in general. Now, there was a guy who called in earlier, Doug, and he he spoke rather uh, – uh, he, he, he started his call by saying, Mike, where are these people from, right? Now, Doug is an example of a person, in my opinion, who uh, 
might have good intentions, but just doesn't know how to express them in a way that has a little bit of sensitivity. And, 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 and so a guy like Doug, who, who he spoke poorly, but at least it was slowly delivered, right, <laughs> kind of thing. And, 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 and so he, he was questioning, um, you know, where are people from? And, I, and, and part of the problem is uh, Boise provides these, and so it draws people in. And I thought, well, gosh, Doug, it took you a while to get to that point, but I appreciate that point, right? Which Meridian doesn't have a big problem, and Caldwell doesn't have a huge problem. And so it does, in a way, the services I can see do draw people in. Um, my main point is I would like to see churches be right. uh, involved in the delivery of the social infrastructure of the homeless problem. So, Scott, and that, to me, is, is what earns them their tax-exempt status. Right. So, Scott, you're in a unique position. I'm just going to ask you this question because you have a family member who is dealing um, with these issues. Would you be okay if you lived, and I don't, I don't know if you live in this area or not, would you be okay if you had a home in the uh, area of the proposed interfaith sanctuary, would you be okay with having that located there if your home was located close to it? No, I okay. wouldn't. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. And All right. Again, Thanks for your church, honesty. The church. Yep, you got it, guys. Appreciate it, Scott. Brandon Enjoy did write. Enjoy your day. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Brandon did write back, and that wasn't him before. That was somebody else answering the question. But Brandon says, Mike, thanks for challenging my point. My concern is that the homeless do bring along problems which aren't exactly kid-friendly, i.e. public drinking, drug use, profanity, etc. Head to the parks in downtown, and you'll see this. I don't expect kids to be sheltered, but if you have a choice of putting a shelter next to a place popular with kids or not, err on the side of caution also, Ice World is still open. Yeah, the uh, person who had texted said it was closed, said they were wrong. It was closed for COVID, and they were back open now again. Um, and, and, Brandon, just one more to your point there. You talk about all you have to do is look at the city parks to see all that going on in the open. If we had more places like Interfaith Sanctuary, would you see less of this going on in the parks then, where children are actually not only playing, but encouraged to come and play, and families are encouraged. I, would would I, you see less of it going on in the parks yeah, if they I, all had I a place to uh, go? I can't predict the outcome, but uh, I don't, I, it, it seems like it might be worth a try. Um, Joe wrote in said, Gents, the proposed interfaith sanctuary on State Street in a uh, former Salvation Army building would not be a community center. It would house people 24-7, but not be open to anyone who does use their housing services. This is not saying, uh, those not staying and following rules, rather, would not be permitted to eat there or spend time there. Many who testified against it seemed to think it would be a day shelter for unsheltered homeless. That is not true. And the Boise Police Department and Sanctuary have both said that they would develop a security plan. Some who testified against uh, live in the high-end Lake Harbor area, not all that near the site, who are worried about their property values decreasing. How weird is that? And that the site is, one, just a lot away from a strip club and across the street from a massage parlor. A massage parlor. A controlled homeless center seems like an upgrade to that area, in my opinion. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Joe. Robin has written in and says, Hi, Mike and Chris. I realize the data in this order is from 2020, but Democrats obviously really like the option 
when it works for what they want. Vice versa, I am sure the Republicans have used it when it works for them. Schumer is just playing the annoying political games they all play. Yeah, and uh, that was part of my point, I think, was that since... You know, since basically it seems like nobody likes it, but both parties use it a lot. Uh, if you got rid of it, then everybody'd be on equal footing. I think. Yeah. The interesting thing is to to make a threat like that when you don't even have the Democratic votes to pass. It, it just seems weird. And and as I mentioned first oh, when we idle, started talking about this, idle, idle threats are not uncommon. <laughs> but 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 I mean. It, you and I both know, and we've seen it in politics over and over, and I said this when we started talking about this, when you make threats, it, it, it works every single time, right? I'm being sarcastic there, just so you know. I mean, making a threat like that, we're going to bring this up by a, for a vote by the 70, we're going to get rid of it if you don't vote for this bill that we want. No, it's not going to work, especially when you don't have the Democratic votes to even force the vote on the bill. We'll take a break. News coming up at the bottom of the hour. Phone lines are open. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. For almost a full year, it's been back and forth for Boise's Interfaith Sanctuary. They were hoping to go forward with their move to a new location on State Street, a bigger facility where they could offer the homeless community more services. But the neighbors in that area pushed back, citing safety concerns and worries about property values. Ultimately, it would come down to one vote by Boise's Planning and Zoning Commission, a vote that went against the shelter's move, five to one, denying Interfaith's application for a conditional use permit, which would have allowed them to operate as a shelter. 208-336-3700, pound 670. On your Verizon Wireless, if you uh, would like to weigh in this morning, Bruce writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com, we need to keep the homeless away from the kids based on the stories from other cities. San Francisco can't keep feces and needles cleaned up. It's wise to place that sort of chaos away from more civilized organizations. Personally, I think we should be careful to help the homeless, but not enable them and encourage more to come. It's a thin line. That's Bruce and Cuna. Here's, here's the one thing, though. You know, when you sit there and you see the stories in San Francisco about feces and needles, that's on the streets of San Francisco. That's not in the in the shelters. That's in the streets that people, the homeless people are just living in the streets. So if, and this is just a question, I don't have an answer to it. If you had more shelters for the homeless to go to, would they then have places that they could go to the bathroom? Because they're not allowed to go in restaurants and other things in the city to go to the bathroom. You know, they're not allowed to do that, so that's why they end up going on the streets. As far as, you know, the, the needles and what, what from shooting up heroin or meth mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, if they have, you know, a homeless shelter, you're not allowed to do that in the homeless shelter. Are they, and, and as I mentioned in one of our previous emails, Boise Police and Interfaith Sanctuary said that they would have security to make sure that that type of stuff wasn't going on, you know, around and about in, that, in the neighborhood where the Interfaith Sanctuary is. So, I mean... If you have less homeless shelters, I think you're going to see more people defecating, urinating on the streets, and shooting up on the streets because they don't have any place else to do it, or maybe the parks also. Jim has written in and uh, included the statement from the Ada County Republicans. Uh, the commission voted 5-1 to one Monday night to deny. We post this solely because it is a great example of citizen involvement and representative government. 
a commission that clearly listened to the affected homeowners and residents of the targeted area. And then Jim writes, so the Ada County GOP is taking a victory lap over the denial of a conditional use permit for a nonprofit that was formed by Boise's faith community to voluntarily care for the most vulnerable by reusing a social service facility that provided services to the same population. What would Jesus have done? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Carol in Boise, thanks for being patient. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. I'm calling calling about the uh, the Chuck Schumer. The senator wants to change election laws entirely. Says that he already has the right to use these um, these use the states and change them. The states of the of each of the uh, jurisdictions are the only ones who are allowed to make election law, and he hates that. So the United States Constitution is very limited. And yet, it's become longer and longer over time because of the all the the ways that it have been done improperly. That uh, it's been illegal for a long time, and the states want to uh, should want to, and we should want to have it uh, our business as to how each state takes care of election laws. Can you imagine what it would be like to have one jurisdiction take care of all of it? Think about that. We're yeah. talking about COVID. Uh, this is ridiculous. Thank you for the call, Carrie. Great points, Carol. Thank you. Mike has written in and says, people seem to forget some homeless want to be homeless. They do not want help. They do not want to cooperate with anybody. Okay. And I agree with that. that. That's part of the whole mental illness thing. I mean, if you would rather sleep on the street than, you know, in an apartment or uh, someplace like that, um, it could be because of, of mental illness. I mean, there's a possibility it's just your preference, but that's uh, a little strange, especially in the wintertime. Yeah, when it's, you know, zero degrees outside. We're, not, are you we're really... not talking about, you know, we're not talking about, oh, I need to have a fancy house. We're talking yeah. about I need to have a roof just simply because, the, you know, it's cold. I, I, I would even say that if your preference when it's zero degrees outside to be in a tent or living just on the street, um, still, in, still instead of being someplace yeah. else, yeah, that has you know, 70 degree temperature or something like that, you're probably mentally ill just because if you agree to do that. Maybe. Uh, Bill and Weezer, good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Uh, thank you. Yes, I want to mention something. I'm from California, which, you know, don't cut me off yet. <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> quite a few years ago, they, they had a, a ballot initiative, and it was $2 billion for emergency homeless shelters. And when it was all said and done, there were 5,000 beds, total beds, either remodeled or new. All the rest of the money went to all the people above the homeless people. So there were there were brand new, you know, social service buildings. There were new apartment buildings built for low cost, which ended up uh, renting out for $1,500 a month to 2000 a month. But all, all of that stuff went because it wasn't really about the homeless once it got through the bureaucracy. Just and, just note, you know, it's, maybe we should have um, some homeless people on the the uh, folks that decide how to spend the money. Might not be a bad idea. Thanks. Great points. Thanks, Bill. Uh, Karen in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Um, hi, this is Karen calling in. 
Um, I've been pretty involved in this homeless shelter issue, and um, I don't know anything about what that fellow just re- uh, suggested about that all that money being sent, spent on wealthier people. But I, I do know that um, the present location was denied by five of the city planning and zoning members. Only one dissented, right. and your news reported it the opposite way. Uh, my point in calling, though, is to to let people know that the shelter, uh, as large as it has or was proposed by Jody in buying that building. Um, it was for uh, a minimum of 200 people and up to 400 people. And this is uh, not a best practice, and that's primarily because it, that's a giant shelter that would house um, homeless families, homeless women and children, um, the mentally ill, uh, the homeless that do not want shelter, of which there are quite a few, but they do need a, a meal and a place to sleep for the night, especially in the winter time. Best practices show that effective homeless shelters are smaller and they are targeted to specific communities of people. And this seems to work well in cities it's been implemented in. Um, also, the Boise Police Department presented their statistics, which were really problematic to the council. And those statistics show a high increase in crime around the current homeless shelter. And the one that was proposed by Jody on State Street backs up to two residential areas and several businesses that are right next door. There is the Chapala Mexican restaurant. There is the uh, the pizza place. And across the street is Burger and Brew. Mm-hmm. And down that street is a new park. Not a new park. An old a park. A large park. And then the green belt. And homeless would just relocate to hanging out there. They don't want to be, a lot of them, don't want to be inside a shelter. And it's just not a best practice to mix mentally ill and alcoholics and drug abusers, and we can't deny that problem in the homeless community, with children and families. And families are just down and out on their luck. So we need smaller, um, for example, across the street or down the street just a ways is a veteran's shelter, which is successful because it's targeted. There's also a uh, women's shelter down the street, and that's successful, too, because it's a targeted best practice just for that type of population. So that's what we need throughout Boise. Let me me ask you this. Do you think that this would have a better chance of passing, as you say, targeted, smaller, uh, if they came back and said, all right, we would like to do maximum of 100 beds for a women's shelter absolutely you think it would have a better chance of passing oh i think there would not be the pushback by all the neighbors and the businesses because there wouldn't be the the crime rates concern there wouldn't be the concern about loss in property values there wouldn't be concern about alcoholics and homeless mentally ill people that aren't getting help and would just hang out around the building as they do in the current location. All right. Thank you. Very good thoughts, uh, Karen. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it.
Thank you. Bye-bye. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. we got more emails, more phone calls to get to, one more segment on the way, and we will do that when we come back here on News Talk KBY. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 948, back to the phones we go, talking about the homeless issue, uh, basically based on the story of the Interfaith Sanctuary, uh, new location on State Street getting voted down this week. Mike and Boise, thanks for being patient. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Good. Good. Hey, so I just wanted to make a comment. You know, I'm born and raised here in Boise, and I lived in the Bay Area for a handful of years. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, one of your guys' solutions on there was to provide something for the homeless to have the bathroom. And I believe San Francisco did that, if I remember correctly. And on in Barcadero Street, they put a bunch of outhouses out, and they turned into uh, shelters for the homeless. They would go in there and lock themselves in. <laughs> and then it would also turn into so that was that would become their house. Huts. Yeah, they would live in there. Wow! And then it would turn into prostitution huts um, during the middle of the day and all Ew. hours of the night. Yeah, and so, but this is also something that you know, coming from Idaho with our kind of values and mindset, going into a state like that, they also hand out those needles, and they have facilities now. And I, if I remember correctly, also on the news one night when I lived there, um, they had a politician walking down, I think, you know, the mayor or something. And some somebody in the back corner in one of the nooks of the building was shooting up heroin on live TV because, I mean, it's so rampant down there that um, you just can't get away from it. But yeah. they're enabling the, the users because of the shelters and the sanctuary mindset for uh, drug abusers. And and they allow those places for people to come in and use their drugs and get off the streets, at least. I guess that's one good point to look at. But once they're high and they're deemed stable, you know, they're not getting that big spike in their drug. They release them back out on the streets when they're when they're high. So, you know, it is kind of that whirlpool of that state of that kind of thinking. And it always ends up backfiring. Thank you for the info, Mike. Appreciate the call. Instant message, uh, instant message from Misinformation, if that is your real name, <laughs> says, uh, Newsflash Karen, the female homeless are just as nasty as some of the male homeless. Same bad habits, same crimes committed. I, and I don't think Karen was saying that. I, I, was, I mean, I use, I use that as an example. Um, but she was making the point that if you did smaller facilities that were targeted, whether that, and I just use the, you know, um, a female facility. Oh yeah, like like the Women's and Children's yeah, Alliance. Yeah, I I use that just as an example. Right. I think she was just saying, just um, not saying that women are any better or anything. That that just it should be smaller and targeted to a certain group instead of just being as she as she said. And I don't know if that's true or not. Two hundred to four hundred beds targeted at everybody. I think was her point. Yeah. Um, this one's not signed, <clears throat> but it says that just means. She is not in the loop when she says she knows nothing about the corruption. How about we make a homeless city in the desert between Boise and Mountain Home? Uh, again, you, you, it, 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 homeless shelters have to be someplace that homeless people can get to. Because they don't own cars most yeah. of the time. Well, yeah. Um, if, if they did, they'd probably sleep in them. 
Jan in Boise uh, writes, Hi, Mike and Chris. Mark me down for mental health services for the homeless. Do yeah. we know if all homeless beds and all facilities are taken every single night? Are there homeless that are being turned away right now? I don't know the answer I, to that. I don't know the answer to that either. Um, I would imagine, though, when you had temperatures here that were dropping down to um, negative two last week and zero, that you probably had most of the facilities were probably full, would be my guess. Marine Bob wrote in. He says, I remember growing up in Fargo, North Dakota. There were homeless people there, but something amazing happened about the beginning of December. Just like the geese flying south, the homeless would be seen hopping on train cars and leaving the area. Trying to live outside in sometimes 20 below weather isn't conducive to staying alive. No argument there. I always said that if if you were going to be homeless, you should be homeless in Honolulu or San Diego. Mm-hmm. And and Los Angeles is another reason. I mean, those are warm areas and why they have such huge, you know, homeless population because temperatures are never, free, never freezing cold. And when I say yes, it gets cold, but I, I mean, it's you don't see them at negative zero or negative one or at zero. Yeah. Tom of Boise says, I do not dislike or harbor animosity toward homeless people. They are human beings, and while some are just down on their luck, most have made a series of bad decisions, some very bad. Society has legitimate concerns on where their local government places them. I think they arrived at the right decision based on local input and concern. Email from uh, Wayne um, on another subject we were talking about regarding the filibuster. He says, in my opinion, there are times when the filibuster is a problem and should be revised in how it operates. However, this is not the time to do that. Schumer and the Democrats are delusional that they have a mandate to make unilateral changes like this. They do not. My wish that they would work with Republicans instead of trying to corral only the member of their own caucus. That being said, let's keep in mind that the less a government does, the more liberty survives. And I think, Wayne, you make a great point, and I think that's where the problem with this is. The problem with this is the threat, once again, and only reason that Schumer is is using this as a threat is because he wants the help of passing the voting rights bill. So saying, we're going to blow up the filibuster rule unless you pass the bill that we really want is just stupid. Now, if you want to get together, if you don't like it, then I I totally agree. It's like, get together, come to an agreement, and say, okay, we're we're going to let you work with us to get rid of the filibuster, if that's what Republicans and Democrats want to do. But don't sit there and make it on, have something on the table sitting, either you vote for our bill or we're getting rid of the filibuster, because that is never, ever, ever, in my opinion, going to work. Really quick here, uh, John says, if you want to see examples of degraded societies, you only have to travel to Portland, Seattle, or any of the major cities in California. In Idaho, I think there are laws on the books that denote Pooping, exposing oneself, or doing illicit mm-hmm. drugs are all violations of public code. Enforce the laws on the books. If they have mental issues, then get them help. There are many avenues to get folks help on the personal basis. The trick is which will be most successful on an individual basis. All right, before we go, just time to give away our tickets. Boise State's Colorado State Friday night, Extra Mile Arena. You want them, they're yours if you're calling number 6 at 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless.